show of the year. First of all, hope you had a great Christmas and hope you're looking for a terrific New Year as we again have this this final show of 2019. By the time we talk to you next, it'll be 2020 and uh, and we'll start another year off. Got a big show today. First of all, I'm going to talk to you a little later in the program about what you can do to um, to get your name in the record books and keep it in the record books. Yeah, if you're an angler and you want immortality, I'll tell you how you're going to do it. It's not all that difficult, but there are some changes to fish records here in the state of Utah, and uh, we'll we'll have more on that a little bit later in the program. We'll obviously be talking fishing with George Summer as we get towards the... Um, uh, more towards the time frame and, um, you know, the week that's uh, that's coming up. A little bit of holiday time for people. Got to get uh, get past the opportunity to uh, take the opportunity, rather, that this schedule has provided. Maybe you're not at work. I know a lot of folks get an opportunity to take that week between Christmas and New Year's off. If that's your, uh, your situation, please be sure and uh, get out and enjoy it. Make sure that you're, uh, you're going to enjoy the outdoors and uh, the opportunities provided here in the state of Utah. Uh, before we get started, got to tell you, with the New Year, it's it's good opportunity to maybe start thinking about and evaluating what happened in the old year because um, we're looking ahead. We've got some some challenges in the outdoor community, uh, specifically in the off-road community because we are under attack constantly. Now we do have uh, a very hopefully we have a very sympathetic administration with the Trump administration, and we've seen some things occur that have helped us out. But we also have the folks from SUA who are absolutely still uh, wanting to make sure that we do not get access to the outdoors, that we do not have an opportunity to enjoy uh, what we uh, what we have as American citizens, uh, that if you're not part of this small little group that they have, then they don't want you on their on their uh, their land, their public land. So, They sent out the bragging email, and they sent out the email asking for more money for things that are coming up in 2020. First of all, let's let's uh, tell you what they claim as their successes, and they are, by the way. And this was with a a sympathetic administration. Uh, This is what they they have done in 2019, according to them. Uh, They stopped the BLM plan to uh, take more than 30,000 acres of pinyon and juniper from the uh, Grand Staircase National Monument, which, of course, does nothing to help the uh, ecosystem because those plants are taking uh, nutrition and and everything else from from good plants. So they stopped that. They blocked a plan for Utah to lease more than 300,000 acres of wildlands to oil and gas. Uh, and and that's one of the things we get money from that, folks. So that's money taken out of the coffers of the state of Utah. And they defeated the Interior Department's proposal to allow off-road vehicles into our national parks. Okay, that's those are their successes of 2019. This is what they're talking about for 2020. They want to undo President Trump's uh, movement on the Grand Staircase, Escalante, and Bears National Monuments in federal district court in Washington, D.C. They want to reverse the BLM decision to open more than 5,000 acres surrounding the factory butte to off-road vehicles. 
Okay, They want to defeat the state of Utah's agenda to destroy, according to them, the Red Rock Wilderness by claiming control and improving, and then parentheses, maybe even paving more than 35,000 miles of dirt trails, cow paths, and stream bottoms through what they call a loophole in the 1866 Mining Act. And they want to ensure that the BLM's new travel plans, which, by the way, they were a major, major uh, facilitator of because of litigation against the BLM, uh, from off-road vehicle use. so And they want to do it, the quote is, for decades to come. All of those things they want to do coming up in the new year. That is their goal. So, again, if you are thinking that because we have a sympathetic administration uh, that maybe we can relax a little bit and that the BLM has finally seen some sense, don't you believe it. First of all, there are people, there are actors in the BLM, like other agencies in the federal government, that have their own agenda and it is not the same agenda as a lot of us want, uh, which is multiple land use. And number two, they have the uh, they have the ear of a lot of congressmen. Dick Durbin just reintroduced for about the 80th time that uh, Red Rock Wilderness Bill that he's been trying to pass for about 40 years. One of these years, he's going to get enough people to uh, to get it to work for him. So again, vigilance has got to be our call for 2020. We have to stay on top of it. We have to be aware of what's going on at our state level when it comes to uh, the things that happen in Emory County, thanks to our friend in Washington, Mitt Romney. Um, who went to uh, the meetings over there in Emory County and was shocked to learn what the impact of this bill really was. Um, not quite sure how that happened, but uh, but again, we have a new election cycle coming in a few years. But we just need to be vigilant because there are a lot of folks that either by design are working against us or are uh, inadvertently working against us as an outdoor community. If you enjoy the outdoors and you love the outdoors, then you've got to take advantage of your voice to your representatives, both locally and nationally, and make sure that we let them know that we are here. Because without it, folks, it can go very, very quickly. Got a big show coming up today. We're going to talk fishing. We're going to talk about fishing records. We're going to talk about uh, Gary's show tonight on Hooked on Utah, kind of one of the more unique shows that he had during the year. That's all ahead. So, uh, We'll get right to it. Stick around. We'll be back with this final edition for the the, uh, Inside the Outdoors for not only the decade, but obviously for the year. And that's coming up next. Stick around. Inside the Outdoors on this uh, last show of the year of, and, and the last of the decade, actually, of 2019. I hope you had a great Christmas, everybody, and that your holidays uh, are continuing here through the new year and that um, you're going to get a chance to get outdoors because, obviously, uh, this is a time of year when maybe maybe you get a little time off work. Weather hasn't been too bad. Um, it really provides a good opportunity for us to get out and do about anything we want to do. And so let's welcome in George Summer. And uh, he's going to talk to us a little bit about maybe some of the um, some of the waters we haven't thought about, and and one in particular that we're going to do the follow up on, uh, one that we brought you the information about, uh, I guess a couple of months ago, and that was that rehab program that's going on at Pelican Lake, and what the status of it is, and what you can do and what you can't do up there. So, uh, George, welcome to the show. I hope you had a great Christmas with the family. Oh, I had a great Christmas. Can't can, can never complain. You know, it's a, it's a wonderful <laughs> time of year, and. 
And, uh, you know, the only bad part is the snow. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's all right, because it hasn't been too bad for us, considering uh, where we are. I mean, the fact that we're almost to the first of the year, you know, it looks like we have snow in the higher elevations, so we're going to get some water, and uh, we haven't had to fight it too much down below, so, uh, you know, not too shabby. Exactly. You know, it, and, and, you know, I complain about the snow. It's just because I have to shovel it. That's right. Um, <laughs> we need the snow for the water so we have places to fish when, when things warm up. And, yeah. and, you know, we've got places to fish now. Uh, with hard water, so uh, you know, I kind of I, I complain a lot, but it's it's not really <laughs> that sincere, I guess. Well, I, I like the rain because, as I've said many times, you don't shovel rain. So you know, if it snows up above <laughs> and it rains down below, as far as I'm concerned, that would go. If this is global warming, I'll take it. You know, it can just yep. stop about where it is now because what we've had so far, as far as the, on the valley floor, uh, just enough to keep it interesting, but not too much to make it a real pain for the most part. So I'm pretty happy with it and our temperatures you know prior to christmas we had the uh, you know we had those 40s i mean that was <laughs> it was a great week for the kids to be off school and everything else because they had that you know part of last week and then and then coming into obviously the just a quick post christmas days it's been really nice as far as trying to get out and do things yeah and and you know it's it's you can brave the elements, you know, using layering like we talked about yeah. before. But those those temperatures, I mean, they weren't bad. And there were still some places uh, that the ice was a little soft, but it was still safe. Right. Um, and there's places that, you know, with these cold temperatures that are coming on, uh, especially in the higher elevations, we've got some ice coming on. And it's going to be an exciting ice year, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Now, let's talk a little bit about Pelican, because I know from a division standpoint, you guys have been watching it very closely. And um, and obviously, there are some, some restrictions on it right now, because until this rehab comes back. So let's talk about where it is and, and where it's going. Yeah, so so right now um, Pelican, it, it, the restriction on it is as close to the possession of bluegill until uh, and green sunfish until December of 2020, mm-hmm. um, December 31st. And the reason for that is to get that bluegill population up. Um, and and one thing everybody should like the goal with Pelican is to have a one pound bluegill, wow. which. I don't know how many people have caught one-pound bluegill, but that's <laughs> phenomenal fishing. Absolutely. Um, and so we're asking that anglers do their part um, leading into this, that, that if you go to Pelican, throw those bluegill back. And, and you know, there's no regulations on the bass right now, but um, to keep things in balance, you probably should throw the bass back as well. Yeah, it, it really should be right now certainly a catch-and-release lake for, for all species for you. It, it I mean, it's still a lot of fun, and the catching is great, uh, but it's really going to be great when that, uh, when that management plan com- comes to fruition here about a year from now. Exactly. And, and you know, they're, they're, they've stocked bluegill in the spring. They've got a good, uh, successful spawn off, stocked some fingerlings. They're going to stock some more small bluegill to kind of jumpstart everything. But um, it's going to be successful with the angler's help in, in throwing those fish back. And, and there may be some re- requests for the anglers to, you know, be patient. Um, it might be a small limit to start with. It might change on a, a every two-year basis to maintain that goal of a one-pound bluegill. 
Well, the good news is that uh, anything we wind up with is better than it is right now or, or than it was prior to the treatment because it just required us to do something dramatic. It had gone downhill with the silting in of the of the, the, the lake up there and everything else. I mean, we lost a really prime fishery because mo- mostly due to Mother Nature. I mean, uh, you know, it's one of those things you couldn't control a heck of a lot, but that silting in really took care of a lot of those larger bluegill and, and the bass as well. And so what we get, even if it requires a little bit of patience, what we get is going to be so much better than what we had. Exactly. You know, and one of the key things, you know, part of it was a carp removal project. So they they treated everything to get rid of the carp. Well, well, I didn't know there was a a place in Pelican that was 17 foot deep. Really? Because I'd never been able to see it, you know, and (laughs) and they went out and checked depths and they were able to, to see um, the little disc they use at 17 feet. Wow. So that's uh, we haven't seen that kind of water clarity of pelican since well, probably 15 years or more. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it used to be it's really exciting. I remember taking my youngest son, probably about 16, 17 years ago, up there for what was you know t- one of those typical three quarter pound bluegill, and you you know put 30 or 40 on the in the boat in an afternoon, and it was nice and clean. And then over the years, it just deteriorated. Um, year after year and so yeah the fact that this this new management program and the cleanup and everything else uh, I think it's going to be great for everybody concerned and it's going to be another one of those wonderful family fisheries again yes you know it it, it may require some patience going forward um, with the regulations because they may change to keep it mm-hmm. that quality fishery uh, but the, you know the division are working on uh, sediment trap they've got a sediment trap in but they're working on fixing all that silt that's in that uh, inlet area and then expanding some angler access some some pull-up uh, boat areas where you can you know where you put you got your camper right next to the water you can pull your boat right up to your camper i mean there's all kinds of exciting things coming for pelican no, oh, that sounds great because it is a drive over for most everybody. Certainly from the Wasatch Front, it's it's a drive. You got to invest a few hours getting over there. So to have that capability to be able to to have the camping and then to have the boat access to it is obviously going to increase the pressure on the lake. And that's one of the reasons I'm sure that you're going to have to look at that management plan and and the the uh, the limits on it and everything else and be very you know very aware of what's going on. But anglers will hold the key to this thing if they cooperate operate, um, then we should have, for a long time, we should have an excellent fishery again over there. Exactly, you know, and, it, and it's up to us. So how we we act and operate is going to keep that thing going for years. And, and you know, I want to go back and catch up. I, my biggest fish out of there was a pound and three-quarter bluegill. Yeah. And I want to catch another one of those. I'll tell you, I took a two-and-a-half-pound bass out of there back in the uh, in the ice fishing days um, through the ice. It was one of the better bass that I'd caught. And I'm talking now probably 30 years ago, maybe a little longer than that. Um, and, you know, to take a, a largemouth through the ice was number one, it was a rarity for me. And then to have one of that size, and I thought, wow, this is a great place to fish. And then obviously I had fished it in soft water days for the bluegill as well. It, it just, it holds great memories. So the excitement factor for me is good that we start thinking about Pelican again. And, uh, and you know, what the heck, what, what is another year invested for a little patience? Not much. Exactly. You know, it, it, for what it was, 
to wait a year, mm-hmm. I'm willing to wait a year yeah. to get it back. I'm with you. Uh, just a quick question. Anything you're hearing on the street as far as uh, fishing right now, whether it's soft water or hard water? I think we talked last week maybe about Deer Creek still being uh, still being fishable from the boat. I have to confess, I have not been up the canyon in the last week or so, so I don't really know uh, if that water is still soft or not. It typically, uh, with these kind of temperatures, has remained open this late in the year, but I'm not sure. Have you heard anything about that or any of the other waters close by? The, the last I heard on Deer Creek, and that was the first of the week, was that it was still open water. Okay. Um, so you're still good to go there. Um, I have heard that Manaway was, was, I went up by there yesterday and or the the other day, and, and Manaway had tons of people on it. So fishing's good there. Yeah. There's still some open water you could see. Um, and then uh, I'm trying to think what was a Soldier Creek side of strawberry starting to freeze up. Um, again, it's sketchy. The same with East Canyon. I think East Canyon, once that's uh, you got good solid ice there, it'll be good fishing. Um, it's just we're kind of in that be safe mode, at least for me. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm with like you. Thick stuff. <laughs> yep. I'm definitely so, with you on yeah. that. <laughs> There's no and, fish. And, and, you know, it's, no fish that's worth it, it, uh, taking that chance of that swim this time of year. Exactly. I agree with you 100%. And so, you know, I think um, we've got some that are on, some that are coming. And the question people always ask is strawberry. And I think we're still a little ways away from strawberry. Um, it's usually the last to come on and the last to come off. So, uh, but once strawberry comes on, I think we're going to see some incredible fishing based on, you know, all the rainbows that I caught uh, when we went up in the fall. So I think we're going to have a great year this year. Yeah, the wind is the thing, obviously, at strawberry. It, it's so strange that you, you know, you'll, even if you get a hard freeze, uh, all the wind needs is a little bit to get under those sheets of ice. I mean, you, you take a look at two and three foot ice that Bear Lake will get, and then certain winters you watch the how the wind picks it up the the full two feet of ice and then stacks it like plate glass against the, the shore it's one of the most uh, weirdest phenomenons i've ever seen yeah and and you know so once strawberry caps and that wind you know it starts building ice we get a couple inches of ice yeah. on strawberry it'll build a one, an inch a day um, and then we'll have some safe ice to get out and go fishing again always use caution where there's because there's springs and stuff but you know i think strawberries my pick for rainbows deer creek is my pick for the the latest one to to come on but you know with the way deer creek's been fishing all year um, once the ice comes on there um, that's going to be my target spot to go to is deer creek because i know i'm going to be able to catch some for sure some trout and hopefully some perch well and there's some bluegill in there you know i had a great bluegill uh, trip a couple of them actually um, back in oh probably october mid-october um, right out by the island and we're talking nice size bluegill i mean half pound plus bluegill that were schooled up i thought when we were over the top of them with the graph that we were looking at schools of perch and the first time down um, i the first time down i hooked a uh, i hooked a smallmouth and i thought well we got some smallmouth in here but they were tightly tightly schooled and i'm thinking it's got to be perch it just looked like a ball you know of, of fish down there and the second time down and the third time down and about the 50th time down every time they were they were bluegill and there was an there occasionally you would catch a um 
a smallmouth in there, uh, but mostly 99% were bluegill. And occasionally I got one nice crappie out of the same group, and then uh, and then I got about a two and a half pound rainbow that was in this. So they were obviously all feeding on eggs or something right down in the in the area. But that area off off the island, um, I think it's going to hold some really nice bluegill and some uh, and some nice perch before this winter is over. So yeah, the the ice fishing for Deer Creek trout great and then those other species uh, really a nice added bonus yep I, I agree 100 percent. and i i got a pretty good idea where those bluegill are so you'll see me on the ice good <laughs> i'll just look for you because i don't know where i you know fished them two or three times and found them and then they moved out and uh, didn't have the time or the patience to go find them again but i'll tell you one thing they were you know you talk to people about nice crappie nice bluegill in deer creek and they'll look at you like you got up on the wrong side of the bed or something you know because i think a lot of folks don't recognize how good the bluegill fishing can be and is in Deer Creek. Yes. You know, and it, when you, you get into them, you typically don't catch one. No. You catch <laughs> you know, a bunch. You That's know, right. And, it's cause they're, and, and there's other things around them because there must be something that holds those bluegill. Yeah. The whole bass and perch and other things as well. Absolutely. Well, George, hey, thanks for the, uh, for the year, for all the information you give us every week. I really do appreciate you joining us. And I hope you've uh, obviously you had a great Christmas. I hope you, you have a great New Year's as well. And we'll look forward to uh, to. Speak Speaking to you on the uh, first week of 2020 coming up, and that will be next Saturday. Yep. Awesome. Take care, Steve. All right. Thanks again, George. Ah, we know what that is. That is the music of the moment. Yep. That is uh, just summer. That's what it says to me is summer. Told you before, walking down the dirt road alongside the creek. Doesn't it just make, get you all pumped it's for just, warm weather? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we are right in the throes of winter, Steve. Abs- yeah, but, you know, hey, this is uh, this is the psychology, right? It takes care of the potential depression. Every week, at least, we get to hear the Andy Griffith music, and I get to talk to Opie. How, how much better can it get than that? I don't think it does get any better than that. The only thing that would make it better is if we had corn chips and a diet rock star. <laughs> then it would be the trifecta. Yeah, and maybe another 45, 50 degrees of temperature. But yeah, you're right. I'll uh, I'll go along with that. Uh, first of all, I hope you had a great Christmas. It was awesome. How was yours? It was good. Terrific. Um, it always is. Too short, you know. It seems like the buildup takes forever, and then boom, it's gone. But you know, you still have until the uh, the new year, as far as the holiday season is concerned. And uh, you know, I'm just going to enjoy the outdoors as long as I can. This weather, um, you know, yeah, we've had occasional storms come in, but I'll tell you, as I've said before, if this is global warming, sign me up. I like it. <laughs> you know, as long as we get the storms like we did last year, yeah. we. We pack the mountains with snow so we can keep doing the fun stuff. I'm okay with it being dry in the valley. Yeah, yeah. You and me both. And, you know, the thing is, it's cold enough that we're getting ice. Uh, more and more uh, waters are coming on for the ice, so it's not like it's warming to a point where we don't have ice fishing. Maybe some of the lower units, although, you know, I was by Utah Lake the other day. That, not ice to get out on, but there is ice uh, on the lake. So even our lower climbs are, are starting to, you know, freeze a little bit. But we've, we've got some ice, and... Uh, uh, so for the ice fishermen out there, they're, they're going to be okay too. I just don't see a downside to the uh, you know to the fact that it's going to rain in the valley and snow in the mountains. That that to me seems pretty good. 
works 100% for me. Let's talk about the show tonight. Uh, in, oh, you got uh, hook, Hooked on You Time. We're going to do the flashback to, I think, one of the more really interesting shows that you did. Not that they're not all interesting, but this was this was kind of a step from the norm, and it really, I thought, was successful. Oh, yeah. What a great show. It's called A Girl and a Gun. And we had the opportunity to go down to the Mona area. And, and anybody who kind of shoots a lot, they know Connie Brooks. She's one of the owners or was one of the owners of Barnes Bullet. Mm-hmm. And she's the, um, I think it's Central Utah through Southern Utah uh, chapter president of A Girl in a Gun. And what this organization is, it's all about um, teaching women to shoot not only pistols, but basically kind of the three-gun thing, pistol, shotgun, long rifle, they compete all over. They have events all over where they're teaching, you know, the the lady that wants to start shooting but has never owned a gun all the way up to the advanced um, competition uh, ladies that are shooting. And I'll tell you what, Steve, it was so awesome. And as you will see from the show, there's a diverse group of women here from beginner to expert. And watching them shoot was so impressive. And their training staff, they're all women. They've got a, an elite staff of range safety officers. So everything they did uh, during this show was so professional. And I'll tell you what, they can shoot. And it was so cool to be, to be with them and see how just how proficient, precise, and expert they were in their shooting. Yeah, it was amazing to me. Just uh, it, First of all, women have, I think, much better fine motor skills than we do, you know? So holding that thing on target and, and being able to squeeze it off. And, you know, I, I watch those with amazement. Those, those ladies really, truly can shoot. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, there's some differences there. And, and one, you mentioned it. I think their fine motor skills are, are better than most men. Second, um, they're eager to learn. And so I'll call it the humility factor. They're able to check their ego at the door <laughs> yeah, where yeah. sometimes guys aren't able to do that. And we're so worried about not looking perfect, you know, that we, we don't listen. And they listen, learn, absorb. And once they're taught the proper technique and how to do it, man, they do it precise. And, and so it's so cool. And so we, got, we had the opportunity to kind of spend time with some beginners through intermediate, through expert um, that afternoon. And I'm actually going to go do some more this next summer with the chapter of A Girl and a Gun just because they do events all over. And it was so much fun. And I learned a ton, man. I realized there are things that I, I'm doing technique-wise that weren't right that I can improve. And so it was really fun being around them because uh, I walked away from there being a much better shooter and thinking about some new things that I've actually practiced after that to try to improve my shooting skill. Yeah, it is. It's it's fun. And for those who didn't see the show the first time, you want to be sure and check it out because it does. I don't care what your gender. I don't care what your shooting level. Just from the show itself, what we got from there, it's certainly a learning experience. And for us guys that do have that ego issue, um, it's it's pretty easy. It's a lot easier to watch vicariously watching the TV. And then, like you said, go out and practice it than have someone, especially a female of all people, tell you, hey, if you you know, if you your breathing is off or whatever. Um, those kind of things are a lot easier to learn when you're sitting in your front room uh, as far as the ego standpoint than they are when you're standing on a range next to next to a young lady. So uh, it was fun to watch the first time around. I'm sure it's going to be great to see it again tonight. That's 11.05, right after Talking Sports on KUTV Channel 2. It's your final show of the year. 
It is. Can't believe it. We're here. Final show of the year. We'll be kicking it off with a bang uh, in January. But tune in tonight because you're going to love this episode. And uh, just sit back and think, how can I improve my shooting? And watching these women um, do what they do best, uh, you'll walk away with, with a few things I'm sure will improve your your shooting on the range. Sounds good, buddy. Hey, listen, I know you got some fun stuff lined up for this coming year because I know some of the things you've already shot and put in the can. So I'm, I'm excited to cap off 2019 and to start 2020 a week from now. Uh, but again, same time every Saturday night, 11.05 on Channel 2, KUTV, right after Talking Sports. It's an easy find, and it is uh, it is hooked on Utah. Much more than just fishing. We've got the whole gamut of outdoor experiences with your program. So, um, yeah, we're excited to see it. And we'll talk to you in 2020, next year, or next week and next year. Yep, absolutely. I'll see you or talk to you in 2020. Everybody enjoy the show tonight. Be safe. Uh, spend time with your families, families, and we will see you soon. All right. Thanks, Gary. All right. Be good. Coming up, we'll be talking about uh, maybe you can put your name in the record books for the year 2020 and beyond. And for some of you who are in the record books already, your name is never, never going to be wiped out. I'll tell you about that when we come back. <laughs> Final segment of this uh, last Inside the Outdoors of 2019. Boy, it's hard to believe, but next week we will be into the new year. And, of course, uh, you know, we've been kind of looking at the a little bit of the year in recap. One of the things, I guess, that we're interested in talking about as we look forward is maybe your name will be in the record books. Maybe you're going to – this is going to be one of those years when you wind up with the um, – with a record, angling record here in the state of Utah, uh, and how you go about doing that, and uh, and some of the records have also changed. The Division of Wildlife Resources has decided that uh, uh, things need to change just a little bit, and so um, it's time to talk about that because the current way of doing things is going to be a thing of the past, especially for some species, and for others, well, we're going to add some species, but they're subtracting a few as well, and to help us talk all about that as we look forward to the new year and maybe it being that record-setting year or record-breaking year for you perhaps is Faith Heaton Jolly who's the public information officer for the Division of Wildlife Resources and who has uh, not only become kind of a regular on the show but she has become definitely a regular contributor because she lines up these weekly interviews with the DWR and I'll tell you I think it personally really adds to our program really helps our show so first Faith welcome to the show the last show of the year thanks for all you do for us Um, you really do help really helps this program um, making it uh, more interesting to more and more of our listeners let's talk about some some of the changes though for this year as far as the uh, the state and fishing records here in the state we've had fishing records since well forever i guess basically in the 1900s um early 1900s so over 100 years we've had records and um I was reading the the release on it that there are 33 catch and keep angling records, 34 catch and release, and then you've got spear fishing and set line and archery records as well. I didn't realize that we had so many different records depending on how you uh, how you harvest the fish, but that's amazing. I mean, we're looking at um, I guess almost 100 ways of uh, chronicling these records for fish that are taken. Yeah, there's a lot, you know, and it's just kind of a fun way to to recognize people that are really into angling, right. you know, and that 
this is kind of their big passion. This is their big, you know, sport that they like to get out and do. And so it's just been kind of a fun way for us to recognize those people that are catching some of these really large fish species. And yeah, there's a lot of different opportunities because like you said, there's a bunch of different categories depending on how you catch the fish. And then there's also obviously the different fish species as well. And yeah, like you mentioned, we are making a, a couple of changes to some of those in 2020, which will be exciting and kind of give some more opportunities for people to set records. Now, there are some records or some fish species that you're going to eliminate basically records. First of all, let's talk about uh, the archiving, which is basically going to take all uh, for these certain species. The existing records um, are going to stay as they are, but you're just not going to accept new submissions, correct? Yep, exactly. Yep. So these these current records will remain on our website. You know, we want to recognize the people that have set these records, but yep, we just won't be accepting any new records for these. Um, and, and there's a couple of them that we're changing. So the first one, um, we're going to be archiving our native non-game um, fish species records. So these are basically because some of these fish species are you know, sensitive maybe, or they're endangered, and they just, we don't really want people to try and catch them and target yeah. them, and that's kind of what happens when we have these records, you know, as people, when there's a record, somebody wants to go out and break it, right? And so, we decided we want to archive these so people aren't targeting some of these species, Um and then also some of our, our native, you know, non-game fish are just really, really small. <laughs> They're just a couple <laughs> inches. So it kind of always seemed weird to have a record fish that's maybe two inches long. You right. know? So, so we decided we're going to archive those. And then the other species, um, we're going to archive a couple other species that just are no longer um, stocked in Utah. Um, so we felt like, you know, that didn't make a lot of sense to have a record for a fish that you might not even be able to catch anymore. So some of those include, you know, the brown bow trout, the albino trout. Um, so, yeah, we just, we're going to, like I said, we'll keep the current records on the website, but we just won't accept new records for these species. So when you're talking non-game, you're, you're talking like minnows in the Green River and things of that nature, those kind of species um, that you don't want, obviously don't want to harvest and you don't want anglers fishing for, those would be some of the ones that that, that kind of a of a fish would be the one that would be archived. And then brown bows, yeah, we used to do that cross between the rainbow and the uh, and the brown trout, a sterile fish again that was a management tool. And then we planted all those albino fish. Yep, and they, yep, exactly. They, they used to be stocked here, and now they're just no longer stocked. Yeah. And it's just really hard to find them, you know, because, like I said, we don't really have them here in the state anymore. You could maybe find them kind of one off around the state but but yeah we just we decided you know what there's no point in really having that yeah. record still if we don't have those fish really readily available so the good news is if you're the current record holder of the albino record in this state or the brown bow record you're going to be there in perpetuity probably because yep. <laughs> i don't think anybody's uh, uh, they probably won't change i wouldn't think in the next however many years uh, management yep. tools have changed yep. and so i don't think you're gonna so yeah you'll be the record holder for forever which is kind of a cool thing to think about yeah it's kind of fun yeah and like i said we you know we don't want to delete these current records because we still want to give these people the recognition and some of them have been up for you know decades and mm -hmm. so we want to make sure they still get that little shout out but yeah we just won't be accepting new ones so let's talk about um, about some of the other changes. I mean, those those are the species, I guess, that we uh, that we've got to talk to people about that they don't need to worry about. Um, there's also new records, correct? New categories. There are, yep. And so these are kind of the ones that are exciting that'll give people a new opportunity to go out and set that new record. So previously, we'd had all of our cutthroat trout species 
in, like lumped into one record. So it was just a cutthroat trout catch and release record and a cutthroat trout um, catch and keep record. So now we're creating basically four new categories for these records to represent each of our four cutthroat trout subspecies. So that's obviously the Bear Lake, you know, Bonneville, Colorado River, and Yellowstone mm-hmm. um, cutthroat trout. And so we're basically giving anglers the opportunity to kind of break this out and that they can set a record for each of those four categories. Um, so, yeah, technically there will be eight new categories because, like I said, each of the four species will have catch and keep and then catch and release. So we just thought it was you know significant enough. We want to kind of recognize some of these native cutthroat trout species, and we want to give people that opportunity again to kind of set a new record for each of those species. Um, and, and typically we will be tracking kind of where they're caught um, as the determination, because it's kind of hard sometimes to tell the difference between some of these subspecies. <laughs> so we're going to kind of go off of where they caught it. Um, that's kind of where we've been stocking these different subspecies. So, so yeah, just kind of a fun opportunity to, to let people, um, you know, have that, have that chance to go out and set a new record starting January 1st. Well, and one of the interests, obviously, the the cutthroat situation, since the cutthroat slam has come about, the distinction between the the cutthroat uh, trout has become more pronounced, people becoming more aware of it because they're fishing for specific subspecies, uh, where before we were just, you you look at the gills and, boy, you've got the cutthroat and it's a cutthroat trout, but now able to not only identify, but just more interest in it from an angling standpoint because it's been broken down and because you can earn that, uh, that medal by catching the slam. Exactly. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's, that's another part of it is, you know, we realize we're, we're putting such an emphasis on this fun, you know, kind of challenge with the slam. And yeah, like you said, people are starting to recognize and target each of the subspecies more and travel to those different areas in the state where they're found in their native range. And so, yeah, we're like, if, we're, if people are already going through all the trouble <laughs> to try and catch all four of these subspecies, why not, you know, make it a record as well. And so right. we think it'll be a fun opportunity for people and we hope that people can get out and, you know, kind of enjoy it and make the most of that. Let's talk about some of the records that, that came this past year in 2019. Uh, the Golden Trout Catch and Keep record was set by Isaac Vance, Marsh Lake. This one pound, 2.88 ounces. So it was almost 15 inches long and had it was a football, seven and three quarter inch girth. So that was the largest yeah. Golden Trout caught in the state. And again, for those that haven't targeted them, they are rare. Uh, you have to go specific mm-hmm. areas of the state to find a golden trout. And Isaac Vance found this one that was uh, a little over a pound and a quarter up at uh, Marsh Lake. You know, and that one was kind of fun because he was just a teenager. I can't remember if he was 13 <laughs> or 14. But he was pretty young. And so, you know, that's really fun. And, and the previous record. Um, had been set in like the 70s so it hadn't been broken for a long long time for golden trout so that was a really fun one you know and and you could see the picture on our social media pages and he was just beaming he's so excited you know to to set this new state record for this species so that one was a lot of fun this year now a couple of catch and release records the stripers a new striper record caught by heather litke down at lake powell on the 16th of march this one was 44 and a half inches long that's a pretty healthy striper don't have a weight on it but it was released yes and that one it it was kind of impressive too because 
she was, you know, she looks like she's a pretty petite, you know, pretty short woman. <laughs> and this fish was massive. It looked like it was like half the size of her and she's holding it up, you know. And in fact, it was so big that some of the people thought it was Photoshop. Oh, really? <laughs> but no, it, was, it was really impressive. Yeah. Almost Pictures four like, feet. Go look at those. Yeah. 44 yeah, and a half inches. Insane. So almost four feet long. If she was in her yes. just five feet or so, that thing was almost as tall as she is. Uh, and really then was, yeah. new lake trout record that was even larger than than that as far as length was concerned. Matt Smiley on the 4th of May, so he got one of those spring Lakers, 48 inches long, catch and release. Yep, and that one was at Flaming Gorge. That's, you know, notorious mm-hmm. for large lake trout, and so that was fun that he was able to break that record there this year, too. Yeah, Smiley was appropriately named probably when he, when he got rid yeah. of that one, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, white crappie. Which is um, which is one of those uh, again not a huge fish, but uh, Nathan Martinez on the Severe River back in August on the eighth, nine inches long, um, and then that record broken by Tim Duke on the Severe River just this recently in November. He had an eleven and a half inch fish, so he smashed that record. Yeah, and that one was actually fun too because Tim Duke had actually broken the record like a week previously, and then he broke his own record oh, wow. the week later with this 11-and-a-half-inch one. So that one was kind of fun for him. And a new spearfishing record, uh, Tiger Muskie, Jacob Hansen at Fish Lake. See, a lot of folks don't know there's Tiger Muskie in there, but this one, June 14th, so a summer fish, 32 pounds, 51 inches long, and the girth was 21 inches. I mean, I, boy, you get a 51-inch uh, long tiger. That is amazing. This one was massive, too. Like I said, if you haven't seen these pictures on our Facebook and, you know, Instagram, you should go check these out because they were impressive fish. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it is pretty amazing. And, you know, every year you wind up those those fish, you think, this is, uh, you know, this current record is going to be so large. And then every year somebody manages to break the record again. It's, uh, it is, it's it's kind of fun to see what you're shooting for and, um, you know, what it is that it's going to take in order for you to, uh, in order for you to make that record. So from a a standpoint of how, how to go about doing it, I know the website will tell us, but in basic terms, what does somebody need to do? I know that the I know that the records obviously catch and release. You need to take pictures, measure it, uh, and then release it. Um, if you catch and keep, it's got to be weighed. I mean, but there are certain protocols that have to be uh, satisfied in order to submit the record. Correct. Yep, and you know what? It actually outlines all of that on our website. Yep. Um, if you you know think you are interested in trying to break the record somewhere, you know, a good place to start is where the previous record was broken. Right. You know, that's kind of a good <laughs> indication of where there's some big fish. Um, but yeah, we always recommend go on our website, check out. There's yeah, there's some different rules and regulations. You have to take a photo. Um, yeah, you have to measure it. If it's you know for both catch and release and catch and keep, and then the catch and keep, obviously, we also need the weight. Um, and then, yeah, you, you can submit all of that online, you know, through our website and we'll have our biologists verify, um, those different records. And, but it's kind of fun. If you do set the record, you know, you, you get a little certificate mailed to you and obviously you get your name on the website. And so you know, it's just kind of a fun opportunity to kind of add that extra, you know, element to your to your fishing experience absolutely and, and obviously you know the record only stands until someone beats it case in point the crappie record you know broken rebroken and then broken back again in yep. a very short yep. period of time i had a, a good friend uh joe hewish i'll give him a little recognition because his record didn't stand for more than i think a couple of days on the uh, on the wiper 
uh, that he caught years ago. But he has the certificate that says he had the state record because he did have it for a couple of days. So he yep, had that, but yep. then it was it was broken. I think two or three days after he got his certified. So yeah, don't plan on holding it maybe for a while, but at least you've got it. It's true. You have those bragging rights. You know, you did own it at one time, so it's kind of fun. Yeah, it, it is. And it's, uh, again, it's one of those things that, you know, you can say, I was a state record holder. Now you're going to have the opportunity with a couple of extra species, so all those people who want to start thinking about submitting the, uh, you know, the, the cutthroat uh, record, you've got three new records in there that you'll be able to, uh, that you'll be able to do because it won't be a blanket cutthroat anymore. Exactly. And like I said, we're going to start accepting those January 1st of 2020 um, and just, you know, keep accepting them as they come in as, you know, the record gets broken. So, yeah, we recommend everyone, you know, kind of <laughs> look on the website, make sure you know the protocol for what to submit and, and start submitting those if you think you've got a good one. That would be a lot of fun, I'll tell you, to even if you only hold it for a while, to say, yep, I had the state record and fill in the blank, whatever you want to do. So, hey, Faith, thank yep, you. Exactly. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for all the help you provided this past year, and I look forward to obviously working again this year with you um, as well. So yeah. enjoy your enjoy whatever holiday you still have left until we can until we get you back to work again the first of the week. Sounds great. Thanks so much. All right, great. Have a have a great New Year's. So that's Faith Heaton Jolly, the public information officer for the State Division of Wildlife Resources. Uh, yeah, if you're if you're interested in setting a state record, um, you know, look up the protocols, look up what has to be done, and you know, it's interesting the fact that um, I think there are probably still some of those uh, some of those uh, we called them goldfish, but obviously they were the uh, the albino trout that were out there for a while. I'm glad we don't have them though. It used to drive me crazy. You'd go to a lake or a river and you'd see these things swimming in them. You know, these big gold goldfish. Uh, and it was almost like an in-your-face, you know, you could see them and they obviously could see you. And, you know, if you were catching them, fine. But they just weren't one of the um, the better looking fish that we ever stocked in this state. So I don't mind the fact that we no longer have the uh, uh, have that stocking program. Let's put it this way. We've come a long way stocking other species since, uh, since those early days of the albino stocking program. So listen, that is going to do it, not only for this show, but obviously obviously for this year's shows and uh, it's been a great year I've enjoyed it I hope you have too I've certainly learned a lot from our guests and I hope that uh, we've been able to pass that along to you as well to better your fishing maybe understand some of the issues that we're facing here in the state uh, maybe increase some of the vigilance as I started the show out talking to you a little bit about what SUA has decided to do, uh, what they're pushing, what their agenda. I mean, they've listed it right down uh, uh, one through four or five, what the agenda is for this year and then touting what they have done this past year. None of which, in my humble opinion, uh, has helped any of us in the outdoor community in this state. It's a completely separate agenda. It's a completely separate goal uh, as to what they want to do. Yes, they want to preserve areas of the state, wild areas, but so do we. The difference is we want to preserve them for everybody to use, and SUA wants to preserve them for their select few to use. So it's a matter of scope. And I hope that uh, you'll you'll take advantage of the finding out what's going on this year and maybe getting involved, whether that is uh, involved in petitions, maybe it's involved in making phone calls to our congressional delegation, some of whom are definitely on our side. Others, uh, we're going to have to wait for the next uh, cycle to come around and kind of let them know that we are watching. 
So um, if you've got somebody that uh, you think might make a good senator from this state, um, you might want to talk to them and maybe have them think about running for office. And let's get another friend in Washington. Lord knows we need enough of them. But right now, the squeaky wheel is SUA. They're happy with what they got in 2019, even with an adversarial administration, at least according to them. And for those of us who uh, thought that perhaps we would get a change in 2016, we have. Things have gotten better, but we've still got a long way to go, and we certainly have to be careful as to what is being done and passed supposedly in our name in the interest of folks in Utah. Have a great new year. Be safe and sane, and we will be back with you again next Saturday morning between 8 and 9 right here on 97.5 The Zone. So, um, again, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for joining us throughout this past year and previous years. It's you who helped make this show what it is. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, everybody.